1: What odd choices! We came here to talk about black women, black women voters, and you chose A white ale, the, the white rascal, and I chose the bombshell blonde. Man, we're gonna get, was, we're getting emails about this, but I'm sure. Tracy even was like, "What informs your choice of beers?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> Clearly, it's <laughs> not very uh, not very researched.
1: Welcome to Yolitics. The home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Hey again, everybody. Jason and Jason sitting out in Sundance Square at the Bird Cafe uh, in Fort Worth. Uh, if you're not familiar with Sundance Square, it's, it's right in the middle of downtown Fort Worth. It is a
0: hell of a place to be in winter. It is because you can be outside in winter. I'm looking at a a Christmas
1: tree in the middle of this plaza over here, (laughs) and we're sitting outside. This is great. This is why we live in Texas. We're watching the debate the other night. Yeah, the Democratic presidential debate with all those candidates on stage. All
0: of them up there. There's one less Texan up there. That's already been discussed. Yeah. But Kamala Harris, a U.S. senator from California, brings up a a pretty good point.
2: For too long, I think, candidates have taken for granted constituencies that have been the backbone of the Democratic Party. Because when black women, when black women are three to four times more likely to die in connection with childbirth in America, when the sons of black women will die because of gun violence more than any other cause of death, when black women make 61 cents on the dollar as compared to all women who tragically make 80 cents on the dollar, the question has to be where you been and what are you gonna do?
0: This comment did not just resonate with us, it resonated with a lot of people, including Tracy Scott. What th- do you think about it?
2: Um, I think that it's a very important conversation. I think that she's brought up what is on the minds of black women across the country.
0: Tell us what you do, Tracy, so we know where you're coming from background-wise.
2: So uh, my name is Tracy Scott. I uh, formed the Black Women's PAC, which is a political action committee here in Texas, to um, raise political awareness, to build political infrastructure, and help elect more black women to public office.
0: What are some of the issues you think candidates and campaigns should be addressing that they aren't?
2: Oh, I'm so glad you asked.
1: <laughs> you got a list. So,
2: mhm. <laughs> Black women take on more student loan debt than any other culture. That affects our retirement, that reflects our kids' future. We stay in debt. Hmm. So we're the double wage gap. So we make less. We're taking on more debt.
1: So you're talking about the wage gap between white and black, and the wage gap between men and women.
2: One hundred. So you yes. get it double.
1: Correct. Double yes. trouble. And
2: then black women, black men aren't even discussed in this issue. Um, you know, education. Uh, we have this big public school if- issue. So when are we going to start working that public school works for everybody, and then you have a choice of a charter school if you'd like?
1: When you talk to other black women around Texas, do you get the sense that uh, a lot of them have caught on to this and are fed up? with the status quo
2: oh yeah definitely um houston has the largest black population in the country so that's you know the largest black population in the state
1: houston swept a lot of black women into office we were in part of that campaign. we
2: were part of that yes uh, congratulations mm-hmm. on being yes, a part of that because yes. it, it
1: it worked yeah. um,
2: it but, worked, but now the backlash is that they're trying to, you know, come up with appointing rather than electing.
1: Yeah, that's a future episode that's, for us. That's Which, an episode we're working on right yeah. now, too. Oh, okay. We might come back to you on that. Tracy, let me ask you this, uh, because a, a lot of people who are listening uh, are not black women. And I, I think it's important to point out that just because you're talking about issues that matter to black women, these are also issues that matter to white women and white men and Hispanic women. Uh, This isn't like it's separate from the whole electorate. What you want is what so many other groups want, but maybe candidates are just not coming and speaking to you. Or is that wrong?
2: You're shaking Mm -hmm. your head. No. What we want is criminal justice reform, bail reform. What we want is in the black neighborhood for the kids when they come to school The teachers don't have to check whether or not they took a shower, whether or not they have books, who has eaten and who hasn't eaten. I I don't know that that happens in other communities. I, I just don't, I'm not familiar. Is that true? But
1: like big issues like student loan debt. I mean, there's other communities that see that as a huge problem too. It's not like you're just totally separate and walled off from white voters and Hispanic voters. It's just a matter of candidates making the case that yes, this matters to me and you matter to me, so let me come talk to you about how I, how I feel on this issue.
2: Let me tell you a story. So there is a housing project that is being built in a city, and they say it is low and affordable for families. So in this housing project, or this, these houses, you can sign up, apply, you can go live, but only one income can live in this house. Only one. Can't have two incomes because you have to stay under $35,000 a year. So, now if I'm going to live in this house and I'm going to make less than $35,000 a year, how many kids can I have? One? So now I have one kid, but I have to pay the lights. I still have to pay rent. And now, mind you, rent is $975. This is true.
0: This is a true story. This is a
2: true story. I still have to have the grass cut on my own. I still have to pay the water on my own. I still have to get my kids. I have to have transportation. I have to catch a bus. I have to do all of those things. And if I have a vehicle, I have car insurance. I have maintenance. And mind you, I have to make less than $35,000 a year.
1: So you're set up for failure from the very beginning in that scenario.
2: Time and time again. Time and time again.
0: Who's doing it right right now out there? Which candidate, which campaign is, is paying attention to the issues that affect black women?
2: Oh, it's Elizabeth Warren. I mean, for sure. I mean, she's got a lot of conversation. I think. Uh, I think Kamala's doing well. I'm not to take away. I'm just. I'm so not to take away. And I was trying to choose not the obvious, but you know, I think Kamala's great. Please don't. You know, don't don't attack me for that. Now, I'm not saying that she's right. I'm just saying she's got a great conversation.
0: She started the conversation. So cool.
2: I'm just not. You know, I'm not picking. I'm not choosing. I'm just saying what we hear in detail and what we hear as far as definite outlined plans that will change the life of black people
0: let's go back to the core question that senator harris brought up and that is are black women being taken for granted in the democratic party
2: as a community we have not asked for more you know so i think that we were being given what we accepted and um you know at this point it's you know there's too many issues that have now piled up there are more black women involved in the workforce and so now black women are okay um hi how you doing but yes what have you done and I think that that's just, you know, I mean, just what's is, in line.
0: Is that getting any traction from candidates?
2: I would like to hope so.
0: You hmm. pause, though. That doesn't seem yeah. like a that very a long. That was like That was what we call a pregnant pause. <laughs> that, that's not a very confident answer right there, Tracy. No, and
2: I'm not confident that that's true. Really? I mean, no, I'm well, not. So, I mean, So why not? Why
0: are candidates or campaigns addressing this? It's, it's obviously I, I, all in the news.
2: I think because there's not enough black women in public office. If there were more black women in the room making pol- ha- having a first-hand personal experience when the policies are being made, then there would be a greater influence on um, changing the current system.
1: You know, we look at exit polls in Texas, and uh, Republicans don't do very well among black women voters. Democrats get the overwhelming uh, majority of black women voters in Texas who head to the polls. Are Republicans not trying hard enough for the black woman vote? And are Democrats taking it for granted?
2: So in 2018 in Texas, 226 black women ran for office. So I think that some of the energy behind increasing the vote was, you know, the Beto phenomenon, of course. But in more communities, there were more black women running. And you tend to go to ballot for women and people that you can, you know, relate to and have hope that the system will change once they're in office.
1: You brought up Beto. He did very well among black women voters, but could he have done better?
2: He could have done better. Without a doubt, Beto could have done better. Beto lost by, you know, some 200,000 votes, and I think there were 200,000 registered black women that didn't vote. I mean, there was a lot of conversation around Beto, um, you know, and, and what was his... How was he specifically going to help black women in the black community? And did you hear that that from him? Hmm. Silence. And it's, not an, uh, uh, and it's not to you know point Beto out. It's really not. Right. Because you don't hear it overall. I mean, that's the whole point of this conversation. And that's the whole point of the deal is that you, know, you don't hear enough specifically on how you are going to change black life.
1: Let's say you don't feel like the Republicans are talking to you. You don't feel like the Democrats are talking to you. You don't feel like maybe uh, some rogue independent is talking to you. What is your alternative then?
2: So um, I don't know how people will react, but I will say in life, if you don't like this restaurant and you don't like that restaurant, what do you do? You stay at home and cook?
1: Mm. So that's what happens. I
2: mean, you just have a choice and you make the choice or you don't.
0: That's where the power lies.
2: So, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for black women to continue, I mean, we are just far more sophisticated than what you have always experienced. Mm -hmm. And I think that that deserves um, attention reciprocity, um, equity, I mean it's just it's just so simple but it seems to be so difficult.
0: If there are no candidates speaking to that or campaigns speaking to it,
2: we bring our own.
0: You bring your own or yeah. you stay at home like you said, the yeah. voters stay
1: at home.
2: Uh, Black Women's pack. yes. We start financing and we start, you know, recruiting candidates that look like us and that will have the personal experience that we need in public office to change policy as it relates to our lives.
1: You started this pack in mm-hmm. 2018 where have you gotten with this pack and, and talk about this too because if we look at the whole universe of packs out there mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of them that are specifically black women packs yes. yes there's a lot of money out there 100% but you don't see a lot of no. black women packs
2: and that's the conversation that we're having i mean i we hosted a policy politics and donor summit uh, 2 weeks ago in Dallas and one of the panels discussion was the power of the pack and we are just not versed in the in, in the finance part of politics And we're just becoming aware that how policy is formed, how policy can change. You know, we voted with hope and now we're voting with purpose and looking for looking for reciprocity. I mean, we're looking for a return.
1: Do you have to have the money to be truly taken seriously, though? I mean, it's one thing to show up at the polls. It's uh, one thing to have candidates who are running. But how much does the money component matter?
2: So in life, how much does the money component matter? Mm-hmm. So the answer is yes. I mean, money is always a matter, and it's always a point that's well taken. So, yes, when you're looking at campaign finance reports and, you know, you have a black woman that's been in office for six, eight years, and they only have $40,000 on their campaign finance report, but then you're looking at a white woman candidate that has come in, and she's been in for three, four years, and she's got $70,000 Who's taken more seriously? I Mm. mean, whose community is really going to get represented? And, you know, just what does that look like? And where does her career go as opposed to the black woman's career? Mm. I mean, how does that translate?
0: You said you worked at KPMG. You have an arts background. You've kind of been all over the place. How in the world did you get into politics, Tracy?
2: My grandmother was a poll worker. She worked the polls. Mm. And she would walk up the street during election time and would ask her neighbors to come up and vote. And she worked in this little shack that looks like an outhouse at the end of our block in Cleveland, Ohio. And my mom was a part of the, um, I guess, black power movement in the 70s. She then moved into, she rolled into marrying a guy who was a black Muslim Hmm. and, you know, just kind of dropped everything that had to do with uh, Christianity and what had to do with how you were supposed to live and the way you were supposed to live. And then taking things by how you wanted to live and what was right for us and what was personally right for our family.
0: So you were exposed to this early.
2: Yeah. Very early. Yeah. In
0: 1992 and 96 and then in 2008 as well, too, with Bill Clinton and then with Barack Obama, coalitions formed within the Democratic Party in order to elect uh, both of those men as president. Who out there now might join with black women or who might black women join with, do you think, to form a coalition to elect a president that might address this?
2: So I am a member of a multicultural book club here in Fort Worth. And it's an excellent group of women. And we are able to have honest conversation about where, what, where we are in life, what we know, what we don't know. And we exchange, you know, conversations. We read one book a month, or at least we try, um, <laughs> you know, having to do with race and having to do with unconscious bias. Mm. And if we can have those kind of alliances, if we can have a, a partnership with an organization that is actually investing in knowing more, about the black experience and understanding their position or their point of power in that, yes. What should
0: I be reading right now?
2: Between the World and Me. Uh, and I can't pronounce his first name, last name Coates.
1: Okay. I haven't yes. read it. What, what, is, what is it about?
2: Uh, the black man's experience. Hmm.
0: Between the World and Me.
2: Between the World and Me. That book moved me so that I was listening to an audio on the highway and had to pull over on the side of the highway just to scream loud enough. To say this is actually true, and this is so unfair and so unjust, and it is just a disgrace. That uh, just read the book. You pulled
1: over the on the side of the highway on the to highway scream. Highway to
2: scream. Wow. Yes. Okay, that's yeah.
1: a pretty powerful testimonial. Yeah. But how do you inspire and mobilize? Uh, black women let's say or black men in communities where they don't see as many people like them and maybe they don't have as much hope that they can change things by casting a ballot?
2: I don't know the answer to that. I just know that black people are hopeful. We've always been hopeful. We've always you know that's the you know Negro spiritual. It's all about hope. It's all about you know what can happen in the future and having faith and you know that's that's just a part of our DNA. I mean, that's just where we are, I think.
0: Tracy, fascinating conversation, and it, it, it's something we don't hear enough of, so I appreciate your expertise.
2: Thank you for inviting and me. for
0: joining us here. Yeah. And we'd like to thank the Bird Cafe before we wrap up, too, because the Bird Cafe let us sit on their tables out here on Sundance Square in downtown Fort Worth. Um, I'm having the Avery White Rascal. haven't had uh, too much of it yet, which is a white Belgian ale. I believe it's from Colorado, so don't don't hate on me for that. Shame on you. Uh,
1: <laughs> and I'm having the Southern Star Bombshell Blonde. It is out of Austin, so I stuck with the Texas beer. And uh, what odd choices? We came here to talk about black women, black women voters, and you chose A white ale, the the White Rascal, and I chose the Bombshell Blonde. Man, we're gonna that get we're getting emails about this, one, I'm sure. Tracy even was like, what informs your choice of beers? <laughs> clearly, it's not very uh, not
2: very
0: researched.
1: Tracy,
2: thank you so missed much. Your time. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: All right. So never mind the beer choices we made. Yeah. Uh, at the that end. That was of the... a bad idea. Though, <laughs> I, it was didn't think it through. Clearly totally innocent. I, yeah, we, we didn't think it through. Um, but at the end of the conversation, I, I said something there. I said something about, you know, there's a fascinating conversation. And it is a fascinating conversation to a couple of white guys here. Mm -hmm. But for Tracy and so many millions of other people, they live this every day. And we started this entire podcast with a comment from Senator Kamala Harris. And it it made me think about another comment that um, Julian Castro, former San Antonio mayor and the uh, uh, former HUD secretary for President Obama made. He was in a uh, presidential debate not too long ago, and he remarked that it's time to change the entire yeah, I remember that. voting system. He said the two widest states in the country are the first to vote, Iowa mm-hmm. and New Hampshire. And, and that weeds
1: n- out so many candidates.
0: And that's not reflective at all. And if you don't make the threshold on either, either of those, indeed,
1: you're done. Yeah. that's uh, and, and so we we're hearing more and more discussion about this. And and you, you have to care about black women voters, regardless of what party you're in. Again, we've heard it from Will Hurd here in Texas, the the black Republican from Texas, the only black Republican in the House of Representatives. Uh, And he has been, you know, talking about this a lot. We've heard it a lot from Democrats. We've heard it a lot from President Trump, you know, speaking about, you know, uh, black unemployment being at its lowest level. This is a group of people that traditionally hasn't been Targeted in messages. So she was very enlightening about that. What's remarkable
0: to me is that it doesn't appear after this conversation that enough candidates and campaigns are paying attention to what these voters care about. Mm -hmm. Maternal mortality, student debt, police officers targeting, shooting and killing. Maybe not targeting is the right word, but shooting and killing uh, African-Americans more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. These things make headlines every day all over the place. Why are they being addressed politically? You're right. And, and one comment she made in there, I actually wrote it down. One comment she made in the conversation was, we voted with hope, now we vote with purpose. That stuck with me.
1: You know, something else that stuck with me, and, and, and always, it seems like I always get things from people after we get done recording, but I asked her about protest votes. Like, when you go to the polls, you're not really crazy about either person, uh, but you, you're, you're wanting to make sure somebody doesn't get in. And I asked her, you know, instead of staying home, is that an option a lot of times, you know, to just go and do a protest vote? And she said, almost every vote we cast is a protest vote. Because when you don't have candidates coming to you and speaking to the issues that you care about, you find yourself in the position of either staying home or casting a protest vote. Very rarely is it a vote that I am for you. How often do white people cast protest votes i know a lot of them who did in 2016 in both directions
0: specific specific races and specific years maybe so but a lot of times you vote because you want that specific individual yeah and then you have people like tracy and and so many other you know millions of people like her who are casting the protest votes which which she said it it's it's fascinating to hear that firsthand. You know, and this is something they live every day.
1: You know what uh, my favorite moment in this podcast was today was, uh, you know, I, I have a very diverse group of friends. I have a job that exposes me to all cultures, all races, speak to people of all stripes. Uh, but my favorite moment was, I thought I knew where she was thinking, where she was going. I thought I understood something in saying, isn't the black woman vote you know like a broader vote you know don't don't a lot of people care about the same issues that that black women care about Uh, and i'm thinking you know student loan debt that sort of thing she looked at me like i had just landed in a flying saucer here (laughs) and And then she she looked at me me and then she looked at
0: taylor loneson our producer and then there was like what's wrong with this guy there was
1: a very slow head shake that started (laughs) and i was like oh wow i think i'm totally off base here uh I mean, I don't think I was totally off base. I mean, I was thinking student loan debt, that sort of thing. But it was instructive again that, you know, then she broke it down and said, no, we're not like all of the other voting blocks. We care about things like criminal justice reform and our kids, you know, you know, not feeling safe about them, you know, traveling home late at night and what if they get pulled over things like that. And, and, and so it was instructive in that way, but she looked at me like I was nuts.
0: The the point here is don't assume, you know, somebody else,
1: but you know what? I think a lot of
0: candidates are doing the same thing. Uh, I I think you're exactly right. I think it's the point that Senator Harris made a little earlier. Thanks for listening. And uh, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We
1: really appreciate that. And tell other people to download it.